Hashem Parshas Vayishlach. Okay, guys, Baruch Hashem, you guys are here Friday morning, being Mesira Snefesh, joining us here to hear about the Parsha. Some very fascinating, fascinating things this week, Beis Hashem. Uh, let's try to go through them one by one. Torah begins. Perilama Beis Pasuk Dalad, the beginning of the Parsha. Vayishlach Yaakov Malochim Lefonov. We know Yaakov Avinu sent Malochim. Rashi tells us it means Malochim Mamish. According to the Medrash, actually, these are the ones that came to greet him before. Now he's sending them, to his brother, also says there, okay, so then we know the whole, the whole situation. Until now, I've been delayed, but I've been living together with Lava, and that's what's going on over here. So it's interesting, Rashi is, we know, one of the very famous Rashi's in this week's parasha. Rashi says at the end of Posuk Hay in the Rashi, Dova Ache, Garati B'Gematria Taryag. Garati is the same Gematria as Taryag, right? 613 mitzvahs, Kloima. What does that mean to say? What is Yaakov being Maramas to his brother Esau through the messengers by saying, Im Lovan Garati, Kloima? So Rashi im Lovan Harosha Garti, I lived with Lovan Harosha, the Tariag Mitzvah Shamarti, but I still kept the Tariag Mitzvah, the Manati Mamaisa Varoim. When Rashi is quoting a Medrash, I did not learn from Lovan's terrible ways, and I kept the Torah, I kept all of the Mitzvahs. That's what Rashi is saying over here. And the question really is, you know, what is Yaakov Avinu doing? He's praising himself? Wow, I'm so choshev. Look at me. I lived in that place and I still kept all the mitzvahs. Like a guy, for example, that goes on vacation somewhere. Or he goes on a business trip somewhere to some terrible place where, you know, it's not the right place for a from year to be. And he comes back and he says, you know, I kept all the Torah. I did all the mitzvahs. Isn't that amazing? I put on tefillin every day. We're like, okay. You know, what's the big deal? So, Ramei Shapiro, Lublin. Founder of the Dafayomi of just in a few weeks we're going to be celebrating the Siam Hashas. So he explained this Rashi in an amazing way. He explains this Rashi in a twist. Takes the Rashi and turns it around in a whole different Malach. Okay? You know, I don't think we've ever heard anything like this before. Ramesh Shapiro's Atzal learns like this. He said, about every person is expected to serve the Rabboni Shalom. There's no question about it. But in a person's life, Every person is obligated to serve the Rabbi Nishalayim and constantly be aware and alert of new ways to be able to achieve that goal. Just like he writes, a person who's got money or has a business is always looking for new ways and new ventures and new mahalchim to try and gain more money and trying to get new opportunities to get money, whatever it is. And therefore, if we see how much people spend time and effort and money on trying to make money, and trying to retain their money, and trying to find new ways to acquire wealth, we have to realize that we have to do the same thing when it comes to Yiddishkeit. And the same thing when it comes to Ruchnius. Says Rameir Shapira, Gavaldagi Yisait. He says that Yaakov Avinu, over here, was not boasting Bechlal. What Yaakov Avinu was doing, was I lived with Lavan. And all the years I noticed and I observed how he was single-minded. His track was only one track-minded. Was all nothing could stop him to get all of his desires and fill all of his all of his anything that he wanted. Nothing could stop him getting what he wanted. Yet all I did was observe the mitzvahs. I failed to achieve a similar goal and have a similar enthusiasm with my spirituality. I just was a makai in the mitzvahs. 
So he looks at the Rashi in a whole different way. That's saying, yes, I kept the mitzvahs, but he wasn't boasting. He was saying, I kept the mitzvahs because that's what a yid has to do. But more than that, I didn't accomplish. And I could have accomplished, but I didn't. And that's what he learned in this parish, which is fascinating. Now, I want to move on to uh, just turn the page, possibly. I'm not sure, in your, in your Chumash. Lamed Beis, Pasuk Ches. Right, this is subject to a huge debate in many of the Rishonim and Achronim. What is going on over here? The Pasuk says, Vayiru Yaakov Mo'oid. Yaakov was very, very scared. He spit everyone up. We'll speak about that. What is Yaakov being so scared about? And this is something that I want to just spend a few moments on because there are a few different Mahalchim to understand this Pasuk. Okay? So number one, Rishim and Shwab asks the question, what is going on? Vinyamin, take, please. He asks, what's going on over here? Why... You know, he's a bit sad. Yaakov Avinu is one of our tzaddikim, he's one of our ovis. It's not Roy for a tzaddik to be so scared. What's the pshat? So Hashem Shwab says a beautiful thing. He says, you have to understand, tzaddikim are not like everyone else when they're scared. What did tzaddikim do when they're scared? They daven to the Rabbi Nishlam. They have betochen. They daven, they have betochen. So Yaakov Avinu over here is davening to the Rabbi Nishlam. He's saying, I'm scared. But straight after that, he's no longer scared. How do we know? How do we know that straight after he davened, he davened, he davened because he was scared? Then he has betochen. He believes in Hashem. How do we know that happened over here? What's the proof, says Schwab? Because he went alone to get the pachim katanim. That shows he's no longer scared. The koyach of tzfilah that the tzaddikim understood was that, well, I'm scared. Yes, that's fine. But once I daven, that's it. Leave it to your Rabbi It's like the Briskarov <coughs> was running away from the Nazis. And he was, he was on a boat, and he said, they're going to get us, and they're going to kill us, and who knew they're going to torture us, who knows what's going to happen? And they say, whoa, 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 take it easy, have betochen. He said, that's not betochen. Betochen doesn't mean everything's fine, the bunch will take care of it. It's not betochen. Betochen means there's a problem, there's a danger, something may happen. Then have betochen. You first have to understand the danger, obviously, then daven, then have betochen and Hashem. That says Oshab, exactly what's going on over here. When the tzaddikim was scared, the year Yaakov says Oshab means he davened. Once he davened, he was no longer scared, and the Raya said he went to get a pachim tanim. Now, why is he scared? Torah doesn't say why he's scared. But why is Yaakov Avinu scared? So I want to tell you a beautiful thing. The das keni mibali toisvus. Right? You haven't got it in front of you, but it's in the back of most of the Mikoros Kedoyedis. The das keni mibali toisvus says two things. He says, number one, maybe Yaakov Avinu didn't have the schools to keep it over aim like Esau. Because he's been away. Yaakov Avinu had been away 14 years. He never had the schools of giving his father a coffee, of, of polishing his shoes, of helping him at the front door. And therefore he didn't have that schools of keep it over aim like Esau did. Number two, says the last king of Balatasis, that maybe Esau, who I remember didn't keep many of the mitzvahs, I'm not sure the Torah and Fakir, he did many of the Vavavis as we spoke about previously, had the schools of living in Eretz Yisrael. And because of the schos of Eretz Yisrael, Yaakov didn't have it because Yaakov lived in Chutzlaretz. Says the Das came in Yaakov was scared. Maybe Esau with all of his faults, but he lived in Eretz Yisrael. Has got more schos than me. Said Yaakov Avinu because I lived in Chutzlaretz. Says the Das came in These are the two things. However, if you look in the Yonis and Benazil, the Yonis and Benazil over here in Pasuk Ches, I'm going to read it to you in case you haven't got it in front of you. I think you haven't got it. You've got an unklus over there. Mm-hmm. So Yonis and Benazil, listen to what he says. Udchil Yaakov lechada al dula osak esrin shnin bikora da avoy. Says the Yonis in Ezekiel. Yaakov was scared. You know why? Because of kibud av, kibud av that he didn't fulfill in the same way. Kibud aim he did. How do we know that? Because the end of Parshas told us his father told him. 
to go get a wife. And he, he, he delayed. He didn't go straight away. His mother saw get somebody else. Says the Targum, says the Yonis of Benaziel, he was not, was worried that maybe he wasn't being a kind kibbutz. Oh, kibbutz ain't yet. Kibbutz of he didn't. So I once heard a pshat. What's pshat in the Targum Benaziel? Because Esau, as we know, did only kibbutz of. Right, he went to serve his father, help him out. We all know that from last week's parasha. He didn't do kibbutz of aim. So that's what Yaakov's scared about. He's scared about the kibbutz of that Esau did. That is exactly what is causing him to be scared, and that's the reason why he's scared, and that's what the Targumim Sim Ben Azil is saying. But I want to say something unbelievable. Okay, listen to this. Rubel Chonon, in Kovitz Mamorin, this is the most fascinating and unbelievable Mahalach in this week's parasha. Out of everything we're going to say, I think this is the most beautiful thing to say. Rubel Chonon, say this over at the Shabbos table, Rabbi Sai, you'll, you'll, you'll spellbound everyone. Rubel Chonon Zatzal, in Kovitz Mamorin brings a Rambam. Okay, where the Rambam says, and the Rambam asks a question. How can Yaakov Avinu be scared? The Rabbi Nishanim promised him that he's going to be protected. Right? Just because Esau is coming, he's scared. So the Rambam says. Says Rabbi Hanan, Rabbi Rambam, this is not your question. This is not your question. This is the Gemara in Brachas. When the Gemara in Brachas says, and he answers, which Rashi brings over here. Meaning, why was he scared? Because what about Avinu's? Asks Rabbi Chanan, how could the Rambam ask a question as if it's his own question? It's a Gemara. The Gemara asked the question, why was Yaakov scared? The Rambam promised him, the Rambam comes along and says, why was he scared? Hello, Rambam, it's a Gemara. You ask the question as if it's your own. Listen to this. Said Rabbi Chanan, no. That, you know the Gemara is ask, asking? That, the, the Gemara was asking, why is he scared? And he answers, but that's not what the Rambam meant. The Rambam meant that there is no difference if the Rabbani Shema did or did not promise you that he's going to protect you. You're a Yid. And every Yid has that bitachin that the Rabbani Shema protect him. And on this there's no answer. Because all the Rambam says, Shemayigumachet, not everyone is perfect. It comes along with Bukhanan with a whole different idea. Says Rabbi Chanan, he based it on a Shlach Kodesh, where the Shlach Kodesh tells us by the Asaru Gamalchus, we know by the Asaru Gamalchus are ten of our, of our unbelievable tzaddikim that were unfortunately killed in such a horrific and terrible manner. We know the Rabbi Kiva, Zutayu Zuschar, the Malachim screamed out and said, I don't understand. This is a Yid that learned Tayu Yom this is his Schar, this is reward, he gets iron combs, combing off the flesh of his, of his skin. How can this be? Kodesh Baruch Hu told Moshe Rabbeinu, be quiet, kach ola b'machshava. Kach ola b'machshava. That's what I originally thought. Says the Shlach Kodesh, what does kach ola b'machshava mean? Why would that quiet Moshe Rabbeinu when he's saying, hello, zutayr, zuschara? Says the Shlach Kodesh, the Rabbani Shalom originally wanted to create the world with Midas Haddin. But the Rabbani Shalom realized, there's no way it's going to happen and it's not going to last. We're now going to create the world with Midas Arachamim except for certain individuals. And those individuals, on such a high level, they go back to Midas Hadin. That's the Pshat, says Rabbi Chanan. Yaakov Avinu was one of those people. He was one of those Sadiqin that were judged by Midas Hadin. And therefore there was no mocking for Betochen. Why? Because Betochen means me, I'm not worthy. But Betochen and Hashem, Hashem is going to help me. But since Yaakov Avinu was judged in Midas Hadin, Ba'ani Bachastacha Batachti, if he's, he, he doesn't work that way, he knows with Midas Hadin. So therefore, there is only one thing that Yaakov Avinu couldn't be worthy of, 
and that is his Averis and his Mitzvahs. Mimele Yaakov Avinu was scared from a Yigam because he's judged by Midas Adin. That's the Pshasad of Bukhonon, exactly what's over here. And that is what over here the Gemara doesn't ask, but the Rambam does ask. And over here, this is so. And that again is a beautiful idea. Let's move on to Rabbi Yisai Periklamud base. Uh, in the Posuk over here, in Posuk Chetes. Uh, we know that Yaakov Avinu split up the camps into two, so that Esav would come, then he wouldn't be able to get both of them. Now, it's very interesting, this whole Mahalach. How did Yaakov Avinu know that just because if Esav struck one camp, then the other one would be spared? What do you mean? Maybe he'll get both of them. Maybe he'll have both of them. Maybe Esav will come, he'll get one camp, he'll want to get the other camp. Well, how did Yaakov Avinu know so clearly that that would not happen? He said, Rivka said before this, why should I be bereaved of both of you on the same day? That means it showed Yaakov Avinu that the second camp will be safe. Why? Because if each camp were one day apart from the other, meaning you'd have to journey one, another whole day before you get to the other camp. So if Asaph got to the first camp, right, he would take the entire day to get to the next one. So for example, if Asaph would kill everyone in the first camp, He'd have no time to reach the second game because he would die on the same day. Because Rivka already said, I'm going to get both of you going to die on the same day. And therefore, because of that, he separated them one day to know and to be sure and to guarantee that, they, that uh, this way he wouldn't be able to kill both of them. Rabbi said, just one small story before we move on. On possibly good base, Hatsileni no miyad ochi, miyad esov. Yaakov Avinu is davening. And he's davening in a very specific manner. The Zoya Kodesh of Shimon Bayechai learns pshat in this pasuk. That when Yaakov Avinu is davening to Hashem, he is being very specific about how he davens. Says the Zoya Kodesh, it shows us when you daven, you must be specific. You have to be specific, meaning you should detail what are you davening for. And where did we see that? Hasileni no miyad ochi, miyad esov. My brother Esau, he was very specific about who he was davening for, and therefore because of that, he made sure to say that exactly way, and that's the Zoya, is something that we have to learn as well. Rabbi said, move to, per- to Shani, prosecute base. Just after Shani, Vayolen Shom Balaylahu Vayikach Mena Bobiyodoi Mincha Leesav Laachar. How interesting! How interesting! The Rashi has a Malach, but what does it mean? He took whatever came to his hand. Now here's Yaakov Avinu trying to find favor in Esav's eyes. You think he would have chosen some nice kishmaka things, nice breakfast, something nice to eat, something nice to take back with him. He took whatever Minaboliyodoi, whatever, whatever came to his hand. What does that mean? Says the Chofetz Chaim. That Yaakov Avinu had no choice. He had to send presents. But he didn't want to be the one to decide which animal would go to the wicked Esau. Where on earth did Yaakov Avinu learn this from? Like, what's which, which animal goes to Esau? No, no, you cow, you're going to go to Esau. You think the cow, like, it makes a difference, seriously? Where did Yaakov Avinu learn this from? So he says an amazing thing. When he spent a night in Beit Scale, we know the stones argued. Right, we spoke about this last week. And they all wanted the tzaddik to rest his head on them. Said Yaakov Avinu to himself, if the stones have objections to holiness, and they want, and they each want, each want to have holiness, then for sure animals do as well in some degree. And therefore, I don't want to be the one to send an animal to a mokham tumah, to a place of avayras, to Esav. And therefore, that's the reason why he chose in that one. Let's move to one of the most famous parts of this week's parasha. Peg Lamed Beis, Postle Chofhei. Vayivasa Yaakov Levadai. Yaakov was left alone. 
And we know the Malach famously went to uh, to fight with him. Asked the Chavetz Chaim again. This is such a famous Yisoid. Chavetz Chaim says, "Why did the Esau's angel only fight with Yaakov? Why didn't he fight with Avraham? Why not with Yitzchak? We don't find any fights with Avraham. Fights with Yitzchak. Only a fight with Yaakov Avinu. What's the pshat? So the Chazal of Chavetz Chaim famously Avraham Avinu was Chesed." Esau and the, 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 the Russia, Esau, the Yitzhara has no problem if you do chesed all day, he has no problem if you walk old ladies across the street, that's fine, no problem to do chesed, that's right. Yitzhak, we know, was davening, was tefillah, and tefillah, eh, we're to daven all day, no, so doesn't worry me. Yaakov, he knew his Torah. That, that the Yitzhara doesn't want you to do. That's what the Sultan trying to stop you. That's why the fight at the Hobbit's Chaim was specifically over here when it comes to Yaakov Avinu. I want to give you another pshat. The Chassam Sofer says. The Chassam Sofer says a pshat. If you look at the words coming up, I mean, the word that we just read, Vayeovik, Vayeovik, what does it mean? So the Chassam Sofer brings two perushim. It means either he struggled, right? I mean, that's the posh pshat. That's the, the taich has struggled. Chazal interpret that in two ways. Either it means that they raised dust, Comes from the Russian Ovok, or he hugged him with his arms, Chibkoi. What's the these two Pirushim of a fight? It's a fight! So why do you understand as either he raised dust or they hugged him? Said the Chavetz Chaim said the Chavetz Chaim and Abelibuli said, There are two ways that the Eitzahor, that Esau can try and destroy Klaliusrol, and this happens throughout history. Sometimes Esau struggles with Yaakov, makes accusations, threatens to destroy him in a real type of physical fight. But there's another way. Perhaps this is more dangerous. And that's when you hugs him in his arms and he kills him with kindness. That's something also we've noticed throughout time and throughout history, which has happened sometimes as well. And there's two ways that some sofa that Esau the Sahara tries to get us. I want to mention something else as well. We know that uh, the Pesach says, the Malach, the, the, the couldn't, couldn't get it. But Yigav HaKaviregho, and he struck him, right, in his, in, in his, in his thigh bone. That take it, and we know that from here, we all know that we don't eat the Gidah Nosha. Now, why the thigh bone? Fascinating. Why the thigh bone? Well, he hit him in his arm, hit him in his neck, hit him in his ears, oh, I give him a black eye, something. What's the thigh bone? What does that represent? And obviously there's something more powerful than just a simple translation. Says Rabbi Hanan again in Kovitz Parshis. Rabbi Hanan writes in Kovitz Parshis two Pirushim. He says, it's unbelievable this, in one of them, he says that, the, what is the thigh bone? The thigh bone is, that, that gives you support. Your body basically wouldn't be able to work very well without your thigh bone. That's the Metzius. It's represented, he says, a very big Yisoyt. He's talking about the people that machzik Torah, the people that support Torah, the people that give money to Torah institutions to allow those people to sit and learn, to sit and learn properly. And therefore, once the Yetzirah saw that he can't get the Talmidei Chachomim themselves, he can't get the people learning Torah, he won't work, Yaakov Avinu was Torah, he couldn't get Yaakov Avinu. You know what he'll do? He'll get the people supporting the Torah. He get the people who are massive the Torah. Those people won't give their support to Torah anymore. Said Rabbi Hanan something very very scary. He said at the time of Ikvus the Mashiach, what's going to happen is that the Eitzchak will overpower those people who are supporting Torah, and he, those people will no longer support the Torah, which is a very scary thing, especially if you know for us sitting in the base major, sitting in a yeshiva, to, you know to hear such a thing means what's going to happen with us? How are we going to manage? How are we going to continue? But I'll call upon him. That is what Rabbi Hanan said. I want to move on to one other thing as well, just on this sugya as well, that we know that the Torah tells us so clearly, in an amazing way, 
Now from here we see, Al Cain, says the Pasik in Pasik Lamad Gimel, La Yoichul Bnei Yisrael has Gidanosha. You can't like eat the Gidanosha anymore. What's the reason? What's chat in this? You know, it seems to be that the Torah is actually giving us a reason for the mitzvah, which is very unusual. Hit it, Al Cain, because of this whole fight, bang, we don't need Gidanosha anymore. Right, that's what it seems to say. However, if you look at the Rishonim Achoinim, there's a major discussion over here. What is the therefore? What's the connection between the fight that Yaakov Avinu had with Esau's Malach and not eating the Gidah Nosha? What's the connection? What action is commemorated by the prohibition of the Gidah Nosha? Is it because Yaakov was injured or is it because he was saved? A miracle happened to him? What's up, Shah? So I want to tell you, first of all, the Gemara, by the way, in Chon and Kuf Aleph, tells us clearly that this mitzvah is like every other mitzvah that was given in Sinai, and we know, you know, it was written in its place to know the reason that it was forbidden. Sounds like Chazal are telling us that there's a reason for this. What's the reason? So I want to tell you three Shatim in the Rishonim. Number one, the Balei Tosfos, the Tor, and the Chizkuni. That both explained, all three of them explained the purpose of the Issa of not eating Gidanosha is for three different reasons. Number one, is it a remembrance? Number two, separate from danger. Number three is a penalty. Let me explain. Number one, it's a remembrance of the great event. Yaakov Avinu fought with the angel. He managed, he overpowered him. He came out unharmed except for that. Okay, so that's a remembrance. That's a wamsha. Others learn it separates from danger. Means it refers to the fact that Yaakov Avinu's, you know, his descendants separated themselves from the thing that was connected to the injury of their father. It's almost like a person that has an injury and has a pain in a part of his body, and he said, that's it, I'm no longer going to eat that part of the body in a certain animal. Right? So it, it sort of separates himself from danger, maybe that's the thing that caused it, who not? Therefore, that's why some Rishonim learn. The other Rishonim learn, it's a penalty. It reminds us of the sin of Yaakov's sons who left their father alone without anyone to go with him. And that reason is discussed by many, many, many Achroinim. What type of penalty does that mean involved? The fact that we can't eat the Gidanosha. Who cares? It doesn't have any, it doesn't have any taste. Gidanosha has taste. It's a sinew. Sinew doesn't have a taste. So Achroinim Chazal are not referring to the prohibition of eating the Gidanosha per se. That's not the penalty. But it's the amount of work that takes to remove it. And if you've ever seen it, when they do a shkita and they take out the Gidanosha, it's a whole process. You have to know how to do it. You have to take it out. The whole thing. It's a whole business. That is something to remind us of what they did of leaving Yaakov Avinu alone in that way. Let me just say something else on this. The Moshe, Drash Moshe says, this is how I remember the nace. By not eating it, forget. Shabbat Taisa. You're not even eating it. Forget, maybe eat it. And that shows. He says, no. So the Moshe Big Yisoyed, it's a remez the Yisoyed of Golas. Right, and you have to know, Parshat Vayishlach is the beginning of the Golas, basically, of Kali Yisrael, when we're starting to go down, Yosef and everything, and what happens in this week's Parsha, and obviously the next coming few Parshas, which we'll discuss. But Moshe says, it's a remez and the of Golas. We don't want the Sionis. We don't want them. Our if they come, we work with them, and we try to do the best we can, but we don't want them. And therefore, we don't need the Gidanosha. As a representation showing, says with Moshe, we don't want the Nisoyin. Yes, the Nisoyin is here sometimes, and we have to deal with it, but at the end of the day, we don't want it. Moving on to Revi, Rabbi Sai. Over here in Pekla, I'm going to give him a positive test. And Yaakov Avinu has a different way of looking at it. And then Esau says, Yesh li rov. Says the Kliyaka, very simple Kliyaka, Mashma rav, I have a lot. 
but I don't have everything. For Yaakov Omar, he chenim v'kiv v'chen yeshli kol. I have everything. This is the kliyaka. Lefi shavishayim afa bishayishlem kol kesef v'zor shabayilok. Vishayim have so much money, there's so much kesef, so much zor, and so much fame and fortune. V'komokim nirul lev shadayim yechlim. They think they're missing something. They yeshlem rav. They have a lot. Avaloi kol tzorchem. Akachom ba'isav yeshli rav. Avaloi kol adayim chasamima. Yesh b'adimene. V'tzadikim behepach. What did Yaakov Avinu have? What type of house did he have? How many bathrooms did he have in his house? How many cars did he own? How many vacations did Yaakov Avinu take every year? But he had everything. Because Tadikim understand whatever the Rabbinishnam gives me, that is what I meant to have. And that is considered to be everything that I need to have. Rabbi said, let me end this week with one last Kavaldi Yasoid. And that is the Possek tells us in, in, in Lama Dalit. Pasuk Yates, it starts with and moves on all the way to Pasuk Chav Dalet. It's unbelievable thing. He didn't hesitate to take care of it because he wanted the daughter of Yaakov. The Torah telling us an amazing thing. You look at the Das Torah, Rabbi Rucham, he spells this out so beautifully. He says the Torah tells us the side of a person's rotsen, a person's will. But Shechem wanted to marry Dina, right? The daughter of Jacob. His will was so strong for this that the most difficult thing became easy. He finished the negotiations with Jacob's son so quickly without any delay. He not only did a brismili circumcise himself, but he even convinced the entire city to circumcise himself. He was, he was so successful. You know why? Because of his what? Because of his will. It says Rabbi Rucham in Das Torah, in this Pasuk, when a person has a will to do something, he can accomplish anything. There is no stopping a person with Watson. If you want to accomplish something, both in Ruchnius and both in Gashnius, you'll accomplish everything. And there's a Misa, we have Noach Weinberg. Noach Weinberg was known as the Rashiva of Eishat Torah. Unbelievable Yid, what he did for Kali Yisrael. I'll tell you the story. An amazing thing. He talks about a story of a Yid who owned a nursing home. Most of the residents of this nursing home were going, they were not Jewish, and were served non-kosher food. There were very few Jewish people in the nursing home and he served them kosher food. He made sure to give them kosher food. Now, for him, it was much more expensive. He had to order it in. It's a whole business. But he felt he couldn't give non-kosher food to those people. There was an inspection. An inspector walked into the nursing home and asked all the patients, everything's okay, where's it going? And one old lady started making complaints. A chutzpah? Everyone else gets this food and I get a separate food in like a little plastic container. I want everyone else's food. The inspector goes to the guy in charge. He says, I'm hearing complaints over here. Racism, what are you doing? You're serving one person different food than other food. I'm telling you now, if you don't stop this, I'm going to close down the whole nursing home. So then the boss goes to the woman and says, you have to understand, you're Jewish and I want to te- I'm going to give you kosher food. I says, I don't care, the Jewish kosher, I don't care. Give me the same food as everyone else. So he starts explaining to you, I have to understand, it's more expensive. I'm, I'm spending more money to give you the food because I, I don't care. Give me the same food. And he starts again, mitzvahs and Torah, and you know you're leaving the world soon and you're getting older. And you know, she started, he, Mama spoke to her for so long until eventually she relented. She said, okay, fine, I'll take back my complaint, it's okay. And it's an amazing said with Noach Weinberg, and they are, he, he knew the person. He said, how'd you do that? He said, I had to get that lady to continue eating kosher. There's no one going to let to serve a trade. And I was willing to spend any time and any money and any persuasion to get it done. So Noach Weinberg, that's the Koyach of Ratzin. And that's what the Torah is, that's what Rabbi Yochan is telling us this week's parasha. That Shechem wanted to do everything, he did it because he wanted to. Rabbi said, there's a Kabbalah lesson for ourselves. That we want to get somewhere, both in Ruchnius, both in Gashmius. Whether it's in Torah, Yerushamayim, Tzbilah, Chesed, whether it's in the business world, whatever it is. If you really want to get somewhere, and if you really want to try, and if you really want to achieve, you will. If you're rotten this in the right way, Be'ez Hashem, it should be the Rabbi Shem, Shikila, Sassiyat, Nishmaya. Thank you for coming, Rabbi Say, and have a wonderful show.